you get to a certain point and it doesn't all have to be so just breathe just breathe Yes, the bitters pill time again. It's Dan Class. I'm under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. You know. I'm sitting here in a box in my garage under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport. Dan Class, stay-at-home dad, shut-in, failed uh, actor, former comedian. Basically what I do is I hit the mic, you know, every week or so, and... Uh, I dump the contents of my brain into your ear so I can uh, get on with my life. <laughs> as meager as it uh, may be. I just got back. I was in, um, you know, I just got back from a whirlwind uh, trip up and back, up to Northern California and back. And I don't know if we're going to talk about this this time or next time. I, I went up to Northern California to... Uh, to, uh, you know, uh, essentially interview members of the U.S. Olympic swim team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we're even going to, you know. I don't know. How, how have you been? I know. It's been a long time. I know. It's been. I know. I know. It's been a long time. <laughs> Well, you know what? Here's here's what's been going on. Um. Okay, right before the fourth of July, as usual, um, I went to my karate class. Now you know I go to a karate class. Now, do you know that? This is one of those where everybody can check in. So, um, basically, you know, I go to this karate class a couple times a week. And so the Thursday before 4th of July, I went, and, uh, you know, right before class, Concho, you know, the Grandmaster, our uh, our main man, says to us, you know, uh, every uh, so often, you know, regularly, I scrub my sandals, he says, you know, like flip-flops, you know, rubber, plastic, 99-cent flip-flops that we keep, you know, he keeps them around the dojo, because, you know, you can't have... Uh, you know, shoes on this part, you can't, and you can't have bare feet on this part. You gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta have a transition from the mats to the floors, and you gotta have something on your feet. So, what he does is he takes his little flip flop sandals and he scrubs them outdoors, and then he leaves them out in the California sun to dry. And this is a fairly regular thing that he does. And he's telling us that he washed his sandals as usual, left them outside to dry as usual. And someone stole them. Now, it raises the question that I'm sure has been raised in your mind. How desperate do you need to be for a pair of flip-flops to steal them from outside a karate school? You're stealing flip-flops 
from a grandmaster of karate. That's really you real you need footwear that badly. There's not a Kmart nearby, a Walmart, some nothing like that. A Pilates class that you could slip in there and steal someone's uh, you got to go you're going to a karate school. This is a dumb perp. Very okay, just dumb. So we're about to start class. Now we do not answer the phone during class. No one answers the phone during class. Concho's attitude about that is, you know, if, if it's class time, it's class time. And if the phone rings, he will address that later. I mean, it's obviously not social calls. You know what I mean? It's calls to a karate school. But he does not answer the phone. Nobody answers the phone. Except on this one day, he mentions the phone before class. And he says he's, he's expecting a call from uh, Japan. So... He may answer the phone during class, but only because it's this specific person who's specifically going to call. And let's begin. So we do our, you know, we start doing our workout. You know what I mean? We're doing our, uh, you know, uh, twist your legs this way and bend your legs that way and uh, do some sit-ups and do some push-ups and uh, stretch here, stretch there, do a button. And, and this is one of the few times in my life, I got to say, and this is why uh, I've always enjoyed this kind of uh, training is I am actually able to turn off my brain. Now, I think we've talked about this before. I can turn off my brain and they say punch and I punch and they say kick and I kick. You know what I mean? I, and not a lot of thought needs to go into it. You just tell the body, keep up. Listen, old man, just keep up. You understand? Because in the class, in the school... You know, as far as the adults go, obviously there's Concho. Now, Concho is uh, in his early 60s, I believe. He looks about 45, but he's in his 60s, early 60s. So there's, you know, Concho. Then there's maybe two other guys that are brown belts that are a little older than me. There's a black belt who's a little older than I am. And I think that, you know, that, I think that's it. And then there's me, the white belt, Dan. Old man, white belt. So when we're doing our thing, you know, and the teenager just standing there like, blah, blah, and they're not breaking a sweat, I am just, just keep up, just keep up, just, just, just keep up. Please. Well, someone comes in the back door. Some guy, some civilian, somebody not in a white robe. And he uh, is talking to Concho. Now, Concho doesn't lead the class. He has one of the head students lead. And all I hear is this guy going, uh, one of your students, uh, you know, and he's kind of indicating the parking lot. Now, I figure one of us is parked poorly, or maybe someone's out there stealing flip-flops. You know what I mean? There's a guy out here taking all the flip-flops, I hope he's one of your students, something like that, right? Well, Concha goes out to investigate, and we're, you know, punching and kicking and stretching and sweating, and I'm sweating, and I'm sweating, and I'm just trying to keep up. And next thing I know, so Concha comes back in, and he he motions, and he yell, calls out to one of the other brown belts, one of the brown belts, and to me. And he goes, uh, you know, such and such, and Dan, come, come, come with me. All right, now this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. Dan... Brown Belt and Dan, come with me. 
So I now me now? Yes, come quickly. So I, I go outside. I rush out the back door. I don't someone's stealing. Uh, what? He's taking me outside now to st keep someone from getting their car stolen? We got to beat up a, the, the thong uh, flip-flop, uh, you know, perpetrator? I had never seen in real life someone having a heart attack before. It's not like in the movies. In the movies, everybody becomes Fred Sanford. They're all Red Fox clutching at their uh, chest, making promises and threats up to heaven. Oh, Lordy, Lordy, don't take me now. And it's all a big fustouche. It's very comedic slash dramatic. And usually someone has some smelling salts or a nitro pill or something they can shove in the guy's mouth. But, but, but soon after that, they cut and the guy's uh, fine. In the hospital. It's a very quick, uh, you know, thing. In real life, it's one of your classmates lying on the sidewalk in the parking lot behind the school, rubbing his chest. So, Concho's leaning over this guy. It's one of the other brown belts. There's one of the few people around that's about my age, maybe a little older. And this cat's having a heart attack. So now there's Concho, the heart attack brown belt, the other brown belt, and me. And a bunch of guys from the parking lot standing around giving us advice. Well, Concho runs back in. The other guy runs back in. So now I'm back. I'm out there with heart attack guy. And I don't know what to say. What do you say to someone having a heart attack? So I kind of put my hand on his arm. I'm kind of like, you know, giving him that brotherly contact support thing. And I don't know what uh, I'm like. I, I want to give him something. I want to get him something. I want to get him or give him something, anything. What, what makes you comfortable when your heart is stopping? So I, can I get you any, can I get you, uh, you know, do you need some, some water? You need, what do you need? And one of the guys standing is like, he doesn't need water, man. He needs an ambulance. Well, they went in, they called 911. They sent the brown belt in to call 911. So the brown belt said they're calling 911. I'm outside. So finally the heart attack guy is like, well, can I get you anything? Like, get me something for under my head. Okay. Okay, I got to get something from under my head. Problem is, this is not a pillow showroom. This is a, a, a dojo. This is a dojo, and I got to get something from under his head. I run into the changing room. Now, I don't know who belongs to what in the changing room. I don't want to start grabbing someone at the wrong, right? You don't want to do that. I don't want to. So I'll, I grab my gym bag. I grab my gym bag, and I run outside, and I put it under a heart attack guy's head. Because I figure my gym bag, you know, it's full of my civvies. It's got my civvies in it and, and really not much else. Maybe a towel. That's about the best thing I can do, right? So I shove that under there. And I kind of, kind of, you know, trying to be cool. Trying to keep everybody cool. But because Concho, and at least this is, this is you know, my assumption. Because Concho mentioned the phone earlier... 
And because none of us are wearing pants with pockets, none of the students have easy access to their cell phones. The cell phones are in pockets that are in pants that are folded and put in duffel bags and they're in the thing. So when they told the brown belt guy to go call 911, he just ran into the dojo and picked up the dojo phone, which is in the front of the school, hardwire, and called 911. But 911, you know, they start to dispatch, but then they got to interview everybody. So now we've got this game of telephone tag with, you know, a line of uh, 10 guys all in white robes with colored belts on. Has he had anything to eat? Has he had anything to eat? Has he had anything? Have you had anything to eat? No, 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 no. Did you have anything to drink? Did you have anything to, did you have anything to drink? Have any, did you have anything to drink? No, 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 no. And this goes on. Like we're trying to, you know, fill a well from a river with buckets. The villagers just in a panic, passing, passing, passing the messages back and forth and back and forth. So eventually we can hear sirens. It's actually pretty quick. We're not that far from the firemen, the firehouse. And you know when you call 911, that, that's who they send. They send the firemen and with them, the paramedics, and, and that's how it goes. Now, we had great luck with the, the firemen. I have nothing but respect for them, especially our local guys. They came to my house, remember, a couple months ago to treat uh, Princess Trooper. So I've got faith. These guys are going to be here, no problem. We just got to get them here as soon as possible because this guy is having a heart attack. So we kind of, a couple of us, I, I see one of the black belts kind of wandering off into the parking lot, kind of keeping an ear out for the sirens. So I do the same thing, but in another direction. I'm like, great idea. This is a great idea. Listen, we will, let's spread out. We'll guide these guys right in because we're kind of, you know, it's on a main street, but not a main street. It's kind of a side street and it's in the back, right? So if they know the address, they're going to go this way and then they're going to turn on that road instead of say, taking the shortcut through the parking lot and then they're going to go to the front and not the back. So I'm running around. I've got my stupid flip-flops on. So I'm running down the, you know, the street. Clack, 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 clack. And I can barely keep them on my feet because they're really not purchased to run in. They're really purchased to walk from the changing room, the two steps from the changing room to the mat. Clack, clack. That's it. That's what they're for. They are for clack, clack. They're not for clack, 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 clack. So the ambulance paramedic fire truck, whatever it is, goes by. And they do not, in fact, because how would they know, make the shortcut through the parking lot. They go all the way down to the street where you have to turn to get to the street. And it's in this little area of town called the Triangle. So I'm clack, 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 running down the street. And they turn the corner and I'm waving away. I'm like, dudes, go around, go around the back, go around the back, go around the back. So they're like, thumbs up, we're going around the back. And then I go, oh, well, now I got to go around back. Clack, 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 clack. So I go, I go around back. Paramedics are there. Everybody's outside now, obviously. And Concho turns to me and says, call his wife. Get, some, get his family on the phone. Let him know what's going on. Sure thing, Concho. Clack, 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 clack. Now I got to get his, his phone number 
Listen, we don't have everybody's home phone number memorized. Do you understand? I got to get his phone number out of the big student book. And it's a big book of all, you know, when you sign up for something like that, you sign up, you, you know, you fill out a uh, kind of like an application kind of thing. You know, like your student information, your name, your address, your phone number. You know, maybe part of it's a waiver, just in case you know. I, I hereby promise that if I get punched in the face, I will not hold Concho responsible. That kind of thing. Well, you know, I think everyone's not, they're not in there by alphabetical order by first name. They're not in there by alphabetical order by last name. They're in there by student number, which, as you can imagine, is really almost no help to me whatsoever. So me and a couple of the younger guys, we're flipping through, we're flipping through. We're like, we got to find him, we got to find him. We got to find him. Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? So we find, we finally find his student number on the wall. It's on the strip and it's on a wall and we're looking in the book and we finally, we finally find it. And there's the number. And I finally have the wherewithal to borrow a cell phone from uh, the mother of one of the young ladies that goes there. And she gives me the cell phone and I feel so bad because I'm dripping on the cell phone. I'm still perspiring like crazy because I was doing punches and kicks and I was stretching and rolling my knees around. And then I was running down the street, clack, 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 clack. And then I was going over there, over there. And then I was going clack, 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 clack. So I'm sweating and sweating on this poor woman's cell phone. But the kid is reading off the numbers to me and I'm ding, ding, ding. And I'm dialing, dialing, dialing. And the phone is ringing. And if I'm like, hi. Uh, my name is Dan Class. I uh, I am uh, a student at uh, Concho's Dojo, and it seems that um, this is probably sounds like it's your cell phone, man. So, um, pretty sure you know what's going on. Uh, uh, if this is not your cell phone and it's actually your home phone number, um, we'll call you back in a half an hour when we know what's going on. I, I bet you this is your cell phone and there's a phone ringing in the changing room right now. Bye. Well, they rushed him to the hospital, obviously. Obviously, in the blink of an eye, in a flash, boom, he's gone. He's gone. Concho's gone. I think one of the other guys gone, went with him. The other brown belt, that's right. Usher him on his way. But it was the last class before 4th of July and the dojo was going to be closed. And Concho had left one of his eldest students as far as you know experience and rank goes uh, in charge and in the spirit of uh you know brotherhood and uh you know knowing that the fourth of july the dojo was going to be closed and knowing that we had to shake off the rattle that was seeing our our friend and you know I mean, that's the weird thing about, particularly, you know, this karate school, um, you know, Concho calls it spiritual training and all the head students call it spiritual training. We're all trying to grow as people. It's not necessarily about duking it out. It's about getting somewhere, you know, evolving in some way that we are maybe feel like we're not currently evolved. So the head student 
Well, he's not even really the head student. He's 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 like another. He has his own school, so he's not even the head student of our school. He's like, I don't even know what the technical, you know. But he has us all get in a circle and punch. We get down in a low, difficult stance and we punch. He counts 10. And we punch and we shout as loud as we can, as hard as we can with all our spirit. And then the next person counts off 10. And then the next person, 10. Then the next person, 10. Then the next person, 10. 10 of us, counting 10. Punch, punch, punch. And then we start again. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, times 10. Start again. 10, 10. Nobody stopped. Nobody dropped. 10, 10, 10, again. Together. We would check in with each other. Mostly we just kept our eyes in that kind of middle space that doesn't exist, that kind of, I'm looking nowhere but everywhere. But every once in a while you'd have to turn and look at someone, meet their eye, a way of holding their hand, patting their shoulder, keeping them upright. But just for a beat, just to check in, we're still doing this, aren't we, brother? Yes, we are. Punch. Ten. 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 One of us had already fallen. We weren't going to do it again. So he's fine. Well, I shouldn't say he's fine. He's still with us. He's doing fine. He's doing better. He's getting better. He's getting stronger. Apparently three of his arteries collapsed and you only really get four. But he's making a comeback. And he's working hard. But you know, this was number two. He'd had experience down this road before. And what I'm about to say, I don't say to call him out because this is just the way we are. Sometimes we don't heed the warnings. Because the warnings are right there. He had kept smoking. Didn't maybe, you know, watch his blood pressure as much as he should. Just like a lot of us. And maybe, maybe you don't smoke. I don't smoke. You know, I go through three cigars a year. That's, that, that's the extent of my smoking. But there's all things that we don't do that we should do or should, the things we do, that you know, we all got it. So I'm not pointing fingers. This was just an eye-opener, a wake-up call for him, but, but for all of us. It really shook Concho. He really, 
took it as an opportunity to, you know, kind of stop for a minute and make sure we knew that this is not that unique. We all get older. Things are going to go south. That you got to keep breathing. I mean, isn't that the goal? Isn't that the goal? To keep breathing? To make sure you breathe with ease in and out all day, every day? I mean, on the simplest level, but also just kind of in the grander sense of breathing. Giving yourself room to breathe and to breathe, you know, easily. And Concha was saying this, you know, a couple of days later when I was back in class and he was reassuring us that our friend was doing well. And he was saying to the upper belts, you know, you get to a certain point and it doesn't all have to be so, so muscular. That muscular kind of flexing of youth, of wanting to conquer, wanting to do your best in that muscular way. That you gotta breathe, you gotta relax, let it flow. And then he turns to the kids and says, Listen, you can still, ah, you're kids, you can do anything. But then he looks at me, he looks me dead in the eye and goes, Dan. You're not young anymore. You need to exercise every day for your life. Us concho. Us. He's not breaking his gaze. He's looking right at me. So eventually he does and he starts talking, but he's still talking to me and I'm kind of looking around like, oh my gosh. Such and such isn't here, and so and so isn't here. I'm the old man of the room. I mean, if the students, I, th there's, there's me, and then there's a big drop in age. I'm in my mid forties. I got my little white belt on, and I'm standing there with kids, much younger guys and gals. I'm actually in a different boat, a boat that any moment now could spring some kind of leak. So then, I go up to San Francisco, and I'm going to talk about this more, you know, maybe next time, but I, you know, I met a dude that my wife works with who just had this massive heart attack. He has a pacemaker now. I think he's younger than I am. I think he's like 40. 35, I don't know, I, I, the, the dude looks young to me. So you don't know when the, you know, you're going to spring a leak, when you're going to hit the iceberg, you have no idea. But you got to breathe. Hmm. You got to breathe every day, in and out. Take it easy. It's so easy to be muscular about whatever it is, stress about whatever it is. 
And even as hard as I'm trying, trying, trying not to stress and not to stress and not to stress, oh my God. I, I felt, well, we tented the house. Remember months ago I said we were going to tent the house for termites because we were having just too much termite damage at the homestead. So we, we make a plan to termite tent the house. And then that weekend comes. And I'm like, you know what? This this will be fine because we got to get out of the house. We're going to have to stay in a hotel for a couple nights. You know what? That'll be great. I will be forced to not work. I won't even be home. I'll have limited TV and internet. This, You know what? I'll just chill. I'll bring a book. I got the new David Sedaris book. I'll plow through that. Maybe I'll write. I haven't written a lick of the book I said I was going to write this year, and it's stinking July. Then, I, of course, I get a phone call for uh, some work, some podcasting work. Because, you know, I'm a big-time uh, podcast uh, producer, right? Okay, so, okay, Mr. Big Time, now you got it work. <laughs> you know, you're going to take Thursday and Friday off. Guess what? Not so fast. I, I don't know why I was so stressed out about it. But between not... You know, tending the house, not living at our house, and then having to go out of town to work, I felt like I had a cement albatross around my neck. Just dead weight cement albatross just hanging there while we're packing up all our food. And I tried to just breathe Concho, and I try to be in the moment, be in the now, Eckhart Tolle. And I tried to bend like a willow and not break Buddha. And it almost crushed me. Just breathe. Just relax. Just breathe. This too shall pass. And it did. You know what? Because eventually all the food is packed. All the food eventually is packed and double bags and knotted up and double bagged and taped and double bagged. The kids are shipped off to mom and dad's for the weekend. They're taken care of. They're covered. The flight arrangements get settled on and made. You stay in a hotel in your own neighborhood. Kind of freaky. Kind of weird to be in a hotel in your own neighborhood. But all the time, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to juggle, trying to juggle, trying to juggle. Because Melissa and I decided, well, you know what? She's got to be up in San Francisco for work. I got to be, I'll, I'll, I got to go up to San Francisco-ish to work. We'll go together. Because <laughs> now I got to get up when she needed to get up and, and fly out when she needed to fly out. Now she's got to fly back when I need to fly back. It was barely worth it. 
That, but that's how desperate we are to spend time together without the kids is <laughs> unnecessarily traveling around together. But nothing, nothing went wrong. Really? I mean, what, what's going to go wrong? Look, put it into perspective. I'm breathing. Eventually, the guys would come and tent the house. We check into the hotel. The, the albatross would be lifted from my shoulders. We'd fly out. We'd fly to Oakland. We'd drive into the city. We'd do our thing. We'd see some friends, have a good dinner. Sure, I would get some sort of weird, panicky stomach flushing attack in the night. My wife would be hit with one of those weird, I can't control my body temperature shivering jags that you get right before some sort of horrific flu. Yeah, I'd been hired to fly up and, and interview and videotape the Olympic swim team. No pressure. No pressure. Just the Olympic swim team. No pressure. It was fine. It was great. Once they, once they cleared the civilians out of there, it was even better. We're, they're, hey, listen. The kids are doing what they do. They swim. I'm doing what I do. I videotape them swimming. Hey, look, there's Michael. There's Amanda. There's Natalie. Let's, let's videotape them. Now, granted, I've never felt so old and out of shape as spending time uh, poolside with the uh, U.S. Olympic swim team. They're children with bodies like gods, superhero after superhero physique. But nothing went wrong. Listen, the, the, the fumigation happened. The kids had a blast. We stayed in a hotel that was actually kind of hip. In our neighborhood, a hip, can you believe this? At least a hotel with the veneer of hipness. Right here in our very neighborhood. So, and Melissa was at the thing. She helped. She was there. My completely overqualified assistant. I mean, who, who else has the creative director of an ad agency as their camera girl? Me. And we're done. And everything is... Yeah, no, yeah, we had to get up at the crack of dawn. I'm not going to complain. Listen, yeah, we had to get up at the crack of dawn a couple of days. We had to do this. We had to do that. The, the equipment was very heavy. I'm lugging it through the airport. I'm mowing people down. They're threatening to kill me with their bare hands. Yes. Yeah, sure, whatever. You know what? Trying to keep... Hey, listen. Trying to keep... Trying to back out of it. Trying to breathe every day. Just breathe. Just breathe. <sighs> so we pack up the equipment. We didn't interview everybody we wanted to. We missed a few people. They were too busy. They couldn't, right? But listen, I think the Speedo PR woman was happy. We were happy. We had a good time. She was lovely. The Speedo people are lovely. The swimmers are great. We back up the equipment. We're heading off. We're heading out of uh, the university where we uh, did the interviews. And I'm just feeling light and this breeze, sunny, you know? It was cloudy and now it's sunny and the breeze is blowing and I'm feeling light and airy. I'm tired, but I'm just feeling like the breeze is blowing on my face. And I just it feels like the breeze is going just through me. And while I'm with my wife and the breeze, it's actually the breeze is feeling a little chilly. And I'm thinking, you know, nothing went wrong at all. I, I don't know what I thought was going to go wrong until I realized that the breeze is going through me. Because my fly has been open the entire time I am interviewing 
the U.S. Olympic swim team. Open as it can be. All the way open. Just breathe. Just breathe. Keep breathing. Keep breathing. Just breathe. Just breathe. Keep breathing. Keep breathing. Because my fly has been open the entire time I am interviewing the U.S. Olympic swim team. Just breathe. Just breathe. All right, that's the bitter spill. Uh, thank you so much for uh, downloading, for checking out the show. Uh, you know, I'm Dan. I'm under the flat path. Uh, Don't you hate when people say that? I do. Thebitterspill.com is, uh, you know, the place to leave a comment, send me an email, message through there. Uh, if you'd like, etc., uh, etc. Et you know, I do this every week. If uh, if you're not a subscriber, but you really want uh, to hear this kind of, uh, uh, you know, malarkey. Every week, four times, it's really four times a month. Um, you know, go to thebitterspill.com. Now, for you subscribers, I know I'm behind. I'm behind an episode already for July. <laughs> Twice. I almost I almost broke this thing into two uh, separate stories, but I just, uh, you know, I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't do that. Basically, you know what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get uh, Melissa to come on the show and do a Melissa episode uh, sometime in the middle of this week. So we will see how that goes. But listen, as, as always, thank you for supporting The Bitter's Pill, whether you are a premium subscriber or not. Even if you're just listening, uh, I do appreciate you supporting the show. Tell a friend. You know? Tell a friend. Anyway, 206-309-0130, I think, is the place where you can uh, leave me a message. All right, that's enough. Thank you for right. Okay, breathe in, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Bossy. The bitterest pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since two thousand and four.